<laughs> that didn't sound terribly confident. That's cool. I'll I'll edit it and post. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to Fast Friends Forever. I'm August Woody. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm Natsu Tue. My pronouns are he, his. And I'm Nat Lacuna, and my pronouns are they, them. So today we are going to be talking about a 2016 album from the Los Angeles, California band Dangers. The Bend in the Break. Love the title right away. Another album. My first time listening to my first experience of this one. So I'm excited to talk about this. Awesome. So Dangers first formed in 2005. They released three EPs and three studio albums. The Bend and the Break is the most recent one, which came out in 2016. So it has been a while. They did release a single called Piss Shivers in 2022. Uh, but hopefully we'll see some more from them soon because they're incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm like I'm a huge Dangerous fan, and to be honest, this is the record of theirs that I've listened to the least. But it's a fantastic record, and this gave me a really good excuse to revisit it and go through everything much finer and take a look at everything a little bit more critically. And that was really wonderful to do. How would you describe Dangerous to someone who hasn't heard them before? Oh goodness, so. <laughs> <laughs> if you took a like punk rock band and you made them use like a lot of pop culture references from like 80s and 70s songwriting <sighs> and then turned it up to like 11 and this record even kind of departs a little bit from it too because there are some riffs that channel a little bit more like metalcore aspect and also a little bit more like heavy almost like there are a couple songs on there that have central riffs on the guitar that sound almost like doomy in a way or like that kind of like southern yeah. sludge metal kind th kind of thing yeah there isn't another band i found that's quite like them and so that's like a very 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 loose description but yeah i agree they're very special so they're definitely a hardcore punk band um the closest comparison that i could make would be like blacklisted for fans of like comadre i think i would agree with both of those for sure especially because like comadre are label mates of theirs uh yeah are for everything before this record because <laughs> this record was released on top shelf records which is interesting but uh before this they were on vitriol which uh their guitarist Justin, he actually owns and runs Vitriol Records, and it was mainly for him to use for his own projects. And so, of course, Dangers just naturally got on there. Right. And they released Kiss With Spit, the single. They released that through Vitriol, too. So I think that they're still involved with them in some way. Absolutely. I actually have that 7-inch over there. I got to interview Justin a little bit earlier this year and he sent me like a care package and that seven inch was in there and I was really excited about it. Oh, that's incredible. I actually just ordered it when I was doing research for this episode because I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know why I don't own this already, but I should because it has a couple of other tracks on it that aren't on the album. Yeah. Not, you know, since you, you said that you really like love this man. 
I like to ask, do you have a moment or something that, or some period in time that when you think of dangers, your mind goes straight there? So in general, uh, this is going to be really, really goofy for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When I was auditioning to be the vocalist of the band that I am the vocalist of right now, which is uh, the Holy Ghost Tabernacle Choir, at one of the very first practices we did together, I played stay at home mom over the PA speakers and screamed along to it as part of my audition. Yes. Amazing. It's such like a goofy thing for me to look back on. Cause I'm like, if I did this in any sort of like public forum manner, it would be so cringeworthy. <laughs> <laughs> but cause it's like forcing karaoke. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) but I really fucking love that song and that record messy. Isn't it is uh, my favorite dangerous record. I listen to it incredibly regularly, like honestly, at least once every few weeks. So I love that one, but this one has some really, really special moments too. directly related to this record. Another very funny moment is I ordered this record from top shelf, like the vinyl LP. And I ordered it during a sale of theirs and I got it in the mail and it was only the record in like the white inner sleeve with no jacket. (laughs) What? And I like sent them an email and I was like, is this why it was on sale? And they're like, no. And I honestly have no idea how that happened, but we're sending (laughs) you a jacket now. So they sent me a jacket separately. (laughs) That's wild. Um, Woody, my husband bought this record for me, I think as a pre-order. And because it was a pre-order, the band signed all of the copies of it. But because my husband ordered it and not me, it has his name on it. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Natu? Do you have, I know that this is your first time listening to the record, but was there a special thing that happened during you listening to it that made you like connect with it? Great. Excellent question. And that, you know, Definitely, we'll get into it, especially as we if we go through like song by song. We're definitely on darkest arts, um, especially just you know being black. That song is like just really like a butter knife, like a knife through butter. Just really cut me, brought back a lot of memories. But also, softer science was kind of kind of beautiful in a way. Like, like a lot, a lot of this album to me kind of felt like poetry in some shape or form a lot of a lot of the lyrics and a lot of um the intentional like slow pacing the deliberateness of how a lot of like the softer science sounds how that feels or even human noose you know as as of course we'll talk about this all you know a bit but as fast some of the songs went or as slow as they went there's something poetic and nice and a lot of it that really really struck really struck me you know i was listening i'm listening to it at work because i have this all this time at the radio station all this time like in between (laughs) the newscast the radio station and you know i'm just like oh wow this is poignant you know i guess lack of a better word this is hitting home even though i'm probably losing my hearing which is bad for my radio job (laughs) but it's like that's that's how i kind of characterize this album you know it's uh, strikingly, strikingly beautiful at times. Yeah, I don't think that this will come as a surprise, but 
the lead singer in the band, Al Brown, he has a PhD in literature and creative writing. And I definitely don't think that you have to have a degree to to be passionate about something. But I think it's just, it's really clear that he has that passion for for writing and really everything that he does. Absolutely. And I don't think that you need a degree to be a good lyricist even. Um, no. But it's definitely a thing where two of my favorite lyricists of all time also just happen to have doctorate degrees in literature. <laughs> right. <laughs> which are Al Brown and uh, Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. Both of them are just like very impressive writers and uh, also very impressive students. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. So I have a dangerous story. <laughs> Hit us. The first song that I, I really got into dangerous with was Opposable. Um, just when he starts out, he's like, bass. <laughs> so fucking cool. And, and um, so that song, I think, just came on a Spotify mix for me. And I was hooked on them like ever since. This was probably back in like 2013. So in 2014, I didn't really know anything about dangers. I didn't I didn't know anyone who listened to dangers at all. And I sent out a tweet and I was like, does dangers tour or have a Twitter? Somebody tell them to come to Florida. And I swear to God, a week later, because this was in April, a week later, Fest releases their schedule and dangers is on it. And I was like, dangers is playing fast. My tweet worked. (laughs) I was so stoked. And then I ended up missing their fucking set. I was with my friend and there was some band that she wanted to go and see. And I told her, I was like, I don't, I cannot miss this band. We, we need to make sure that we get back. And we got back early, but they were playing the Atlantic and it was at capacity and we could not get in. And it's probably still to this day, like one of my biggest fast regrets was not getting to see them. And (laughs) the wildest shit about it was that their whole set was recorded and posted on YouTube. And literally Al said into the microphone, this is my first time in Florida and I'm never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you have got to be me. Like, this is my one shot and I missed it. And they haven't. They haven't been back since. And so finally, in 2019, Dangers was doing a little tour with Touche Amore. And I decided that I was going to fly out to California and see them. And that's what I did. So I took a trip to San Francisco in August of 2019 just to see Dangers, really. And it was incredible. I couldn't have asked for anything more. It was basically a floor set. Um, at Gilman. And afterwards, we went out back and I got to meet Al and talk to him and tell him about my first experience. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I did not mean that. <laughs> and, and he just told me to, to send them a nudge and, and let them know that we want to, that we want to see him and hopefully they'll, they'll make it back around. So hopefully this podcast episode w- will count as a nudge and we'll see what happens. <laughs> dangerous please come back to florida for real i need that (laughs) i mean honestly anywhere in the south i've talked to them over dm a few times about wanting them to come over here and i don't know if it'll ever happen but i really hope it does allegedly they do have a new record 
that's what piss shivers is from it's from a new record apparently but there's like i there's no telling when or wherever however it'll be released i hope so and i mean they posted in like 2020 in like february of 2020 they posted that they were working on new demos and then piss shivers came out two years later and i'm like i hope that that wasn't the only one that they were talking about no definitely not i think that like when i talked to justin justin talked about how like he's constantly making music and dangerous is a band that like he's kind of tried to like shy away from a little bit and uh it's been a band that he's never been able to like part from (laughs) so Mm. he's like i've always been like writing for that band you know Mm. wow what i also think is interesting so i've realized after i asked the internet if dangerous had a twitter (laughs) um apparently they they took a stance against social media for a long time so it was funny because right after i saw them in august of 2019 they started an instagram account in september um, of that year and so they do have an instagram now i don't think that they're on any other social media at this point but it's a little bit easier to get in touch with them these days yeah that's how i've interacted with al and the band before is really just instagram where my band is going on tour in the fall and we're playing fullerton right outside of anaheim in november and I'm definitely going to reach out and be like, if you're not busy, come hang out. Because I think it would be really wonderful to meet them, even if I don't get to see them ever. Yeah. You, oh, you haven't seen them. I've never seen that band. I've always wanted to. When they played Fest, I was too young to go. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then uh, because the Atlantic is a either an 18 plus or 21 plus venue during that time. Yeah. And so... It just never worked out. So I'm sure it'll happen eventually. We'll will it into existence. The stars will align. All right. Do we want to get into it? Absolutely. Let's let's get it. All right. The first track on the album is Human News. Who wants to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Matt, it sounds like you do. (laughs) I mean, I like I made notes. I'm prepared. I'm ready. So I really love the way that they open the record with the lo-fi beginning of like that very rock and roll style sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a very good contrast because immediately after is one of the heaviest dangers riffs in existence. Mm. It's just like just a true ass beater of a song. It's just really fun. I love that contrast. They do it really well throughout multiple times on the record and many times throughout their discography where they'll pair something familiar like a melody that's really familiar and kind of lighthearted, and pair it with like something just obliterating either emotionally or sonically and this one does that really well i really love the ending line there the ending lines really where it's like you either sing yeah. the blues or wear or wear blue collars we each got yeah. ropes around our necks just cross, just our, cross fingers our fingers for a, for a little slack yeah, that so was good. That was definitely the line that I wrote down. And I think about that a lot. I'm, and every time I listen to it, I'm like pulling it at imaginary rope around my neck. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so visceral, which I'm going to say more than a couple of times on this episode. I, I was really surprised, impressed and a bit taken aback 
at just how blunt, visceral, you know, just very, this is what you get with the lyrics, the lines, and it puts it all out there, you know, on human news, right? It's very, it's not hiding what it's trying to say, right? And especially that. Yeah, that's not what Dan Juice does. (laughs) Yeah, I I found out. (laughs) I I found that out. (laughs) And I like that. I, I like I like that a lot. I can only imagine I don't know what the shows are like, right? I do have one picture of myself at the show that I went to, and you can barely see my head in it. <laughs> it's just like a conglomeration of people, and you know, you can see Al on the floor with the mic, and it's it's lovely. I, even though it's it's a blurry photo, it's very close to my heart. I love that. That's so awesome. I think seeing them at a floor show would be incredibly irresponsible. (laughs) It would just be so wild. I also, I cannot believe that this is true, but so I I was wearing my denim jacket, which has these nice big inside pockets in it. And I have a metal water bottle that fits inside of this giant pocket. And I literally had this water bottle (laughs) in my pocket, just like flinging around for the whole set. I don't know how I did that. Oh, my God. You could have concussed someone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I kept my my hands in my pockets, so I was kind of like holding it closer to me. Okay. That, that, that is good. Because if not, there'd be someone to this, to, to, to this day still like, how did I get hurt that bad at that show? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm sure I was somewhat responsible about it. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> it was definitely rowdy. Something else about Human News, which a couple, like kind of echoing Nat's point, a couple other songs, like you can really hear that doomy, sludgy sound early on in the, in the track. And it's really murky, you know, which heightens on the bend and the break. But that, that idea of that, like, it's kind of like a motif in their sound throughout this record. I heard just like these songs are like midway, halfway clean or not clear murky like you're just dragging going through the mud right like life is mud and we're just trying to make it through and i think that they echo that a lot from what i heard about this and i think that's just really nice i think that's really really sick all right the next track is the sad pleads down below i mean you can't eat hope and we are starving for change that's exactly what I wrote down too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really encapsulates the whole song. Yeah. The other, the other line that really stands out to me is of course, the, uh, we'll be eating scraps of food left between teeth plated in gold. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like that one, this band is part is like partially responsible for a lot of like class consciousness awakening. It was like, you know, my family went through some shitty times with money and everything. And, that was like the practice sort of element, but then listening to a lot of music, dangers included, where it was like, there's like an actual societal and philosophical thinking about that kind of thing. And through songs like this and some of their older stuff, like a song or two off of anger and a song or two off of messy, isn't it? They really lent a hand to that kind of style of thinking for me. And helped me dive a little bit more into writing stuff like that because I write stuff like that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like those sad leaves down below. Like this. It's incredibly critical for such a short song, too. It is 
look at the Obama administration, right? And other politicians. And then the rich, the rich, the overly wealthy politicians, Obama administration, we can't eat hope. Where's the change? We will die. We keep starving for very long, for too long. And the song's barely like, what, a minute 50? Maybe a minute 40? It's uh, it's a heavy hitter. It's a heavy hitter for track and heavy hitter of a message. Yeah, and I think it's important to note, too, that this album came out in, like, June of 2016. So it was kind of before the shit fully hit the fan. Yeah, that's right. Which makes it even more hard-hitting, almost. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because, like, they've always been a band that kind of, like, almost, like, speaks the future. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Or it's such a constant problem that even in the future, it's still just as applicable, which is very sad but also very impactful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Powerful, powerful stuff. Also, the next, the third song on the album, Darkest Arts, with this jarring intro, just the first couple of words, right? Right. When I first heard it, you know, I again, heard it, not, not really into anything about uh, dangers. And so just hearing, you know, rock and roll you know, and we're at the top i was like these guys are white I, I, am i mm. <laughs> i was very i was i was incredibly confused you i know? would not like, do that to you not to <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and i know he would i trust i trust you so much i guess i was sitting there i was like did something slip under the radar that i missed but then you know reading into albert and the band you know like at first glance if someone told me that i was like yeah sure but you know albert's half black half white and then well, it makes sense. And then you know, that intro is Patty Smith, right? Patty Smith song, mm-hmm. uh, which I also can't stand that title. Like, it's like a reference, I think, to what some Detroit band called the N words. And, you know, they played heavy and fast. And, like, the whole thing of like white punks or, ju- or white, you know, in, a van, in an effort to be diverse, an effort to be uh, inclusive or whatnot, or trying to something positive using those words they also can't say but like no it's okay it's a it's an example right it's a like i i i'd rather you know not hear that so i can see hear this like it's just great intro like again just hits on the nose that's kind of what we're talking about and it's a song i really relate with maybe not in the essence in the way that albert that al does because i don't exist in the white or black and that's it that's his whole thing I'm, my skin isn't black but you bleach me, right? You bleach out my darkness. My skin isn't black. Mm. Uh, but you like that when he the like I'm both the lynched and the mob is just stellar. When I first heard the song, I was like really debating. I was like, you know, okay, sure, he's half black, but you know, he doesn't excuse the skin isn't black. Is that is that still okay? It's a, it's a that's a big discourse, right? Especially in the black community. And me talking about the to myself in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I'm just proving what the song is talking about, you know, where even black people are like, oh, you're not black. You can't say that because you're white. But his dad's completely black. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of back and forth. And I'm still having with this song, which also which just shows it, it did it. The song did its job, a great job, you know, without being almost like a devil's advocate kind of thing. It's a it's it's a very thought provoking track. It's for me personally controversial. That's just for me in my head. Uh, it's great. Yeah. And not, I don't know if you feel this way too, but I, I relate to the song a lot in terms of being trans. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I'm not the skin that I'm stuck crawling with it. And I'm just a bad magic trick. 
And at least, you know, the space that I occupy is obviously not the same being that I'm white and I have a lot of privilege in that regard, but I am able to generally toe the line where people assume that I'm cis, which is not what I want, but there are some spaces where it's advantageous, right? So yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny that we keep writing down the same lines from songs because right. I think every song so far, we've really just like been on the same page. But uh, that's something too that's really important is like that's that line really rings true for me, especially being in the same type of environment that Al is and was when he wrote this song, you know, where it's like coming from that punk hardcore aspect of like being the front person of a band in this sort of counterculture where black people and queer people in heavy spaces while they are getting better are still treated like strangers and it's really hard to to tackle sometimes and i feel like this song tackles it in a very apt way and uh obviously i will never understand the world experience of a person of color in any way shape or form because i'm just like i've got the dna makeup of mayonnaise so it's mm-hmm. like you know I, I will never have the empathy for that however i do have a lot of sympathy for that because of how i'm treated when i like go on stage with a face of makeup or like try to assert myself as a very queer person in a very masculine kind of space and the assumption of being cis is something that's very detrimental and it does feel like a a bad magic trick sometimes just like he says which is a it's pretty jarring to have it put into words like that you know one thousand percent you know and also on my end right you know i i would never get i don't say get but i never you know, really fully understand being queer being trans being you know, anything under that under that you know umbrella in spaces but i thousand percent understand and reciprocate because a lot of the situations are the same me being black in a lot of spaces and then when i'm not black in the way that they think i should be black right right and, you know you hear all this all the things like oh you oh you talk so well you're so articulate you know crap like that uh, oh yeah, you're black, but you're African. Your family's from Africa. It's different. And it's like, well, you know, eh, you know, bullet can't really tell what's <laughs> what's the mm. difference. So mm-hmm. that's really ignorant of you to say. Yeah, and like, and of course, on another level, it's like me feeling like I'm not black enough to hang with black people. I feel I'm too black to hang with white people. Right? Just so many spaces, and as you said, now like in heavy spaces, and even in spaces that are supposed to be communities that are supposed to be you know, safe, open, you know, the punk community, other DIY communities, and it's still the hesitation, you know, the ignorance, the unwillingness is still there. And yeah, as you said, this song is puts it out plainly. Like again, visceral, right? Just very raw. Yeah. And I feel like when you think about dark arts, like obviously darkest arts is also a play on skin color and like the the darkness of skin color that someone can have, especially when battling with the type of colorism that he's facing between being mixed and everything. But also like dark arts are inherently seen as evil. Yeah. And so it's like, 
trying to struggle with being deemed evil at the same time. Yep. And also among your own community, you know, um, traditional African arts or religions are very common, but you have the influence, you know, Christianity uh, from colonizer settlers and others over the years. Those are seen bad. Those are pretty dark arts and just in the sense of the, of the word. And those are seen as bad. Or some of those things are seen as bad amongst the, the black community, the African community. So it's like, it's that other side of it where even your own people that may be, you know, considered dark arts, see them as bad. And that constant struggle, constant struggle. Absolutely. I think that we can go ahead and move on to the next song, which is uh, the bend inside the break. So I have uh, my favorite line from this song is, well, I never asked for this life kicking and screaming and angry, but now I don't want to die. Al posted on Instagram saying that the song was written about questions I was forced to ask during that time. My best friend called and told me he had cancer. The line that sticks out to me or that I just, I find myself thinking about a lot is where's the line between the young and whatever else that we become. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that line a lot. The one that the line that hits me, uh, well, right at the end, uh, we're not afraid. Not every bend, no, becomes a break. We're treading water. We're feeling lucky. We're feeling fine. We're feeling fine. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, almost like an it, it. It is what it is. Taking stride, it, taking, doing all we can to just tread water, and you know, like we 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 forge forward. Uh, again, that it's definitely murky, murky in the lyrics, right? It's, uh, it's not clear. It's not vague. It's not this over exalting like, yeah, you know, we're feeling we're feeling fine, right? No, it's going to be good. No, it's very saying you're feeling fine in the face of complete adversity. Kind of cathartic. Yeah. And it's like it's definitely murky in whether or not it's sarcastic too. where it's like, yeah, am I am I doing fine? I don't know. It's like confrontational. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, so if you want me, go ahead and try me. Try me. Yeah. The beginning is so interesting where the black hole kids are swapping are swapping blood with their friends. Like that's such a such an interesting line. That could be interpreted in so many different ways. Where like, you know, there are huge intravenous drug usage problems everywhere, especially when it comes to like queer communities and people of color. But also like that could just be like fighting with one another, just like it could be enjoyment or it could be suffering. It could be so many different things. Like, you know, how there are different people who want to go out and do like fight club type scenarios where they're enjoying themselves, drawing blood from one another, which kinds of leans into the more, more violent songs that come a little bit later on the record. But then also it could be like, these are people who are hurriedly trying to get to the end of their life. Mm. Yeah. Damn. This is a rough one and it just gets rougher. Yeah. That that line, every time I hear this song, they're just like kicking and screaming and angry, but now I don't want to die. Like yeah. I I feel that way a lot, especially because like, you know, none of us in the present tense ask to be born. Mm-hmm. But also I like certainly did not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh <laughs> This flesh prison is a burden, but uh, no, it's a, uh, it's like as someone who's also 
gotten to the point as an adult where like when I was a teenager, I was so full of suicidal ideation and, you know, a few attempts later and everything I'm still around. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, well, I like don't really want to die like that. And I definitely don't want to die at the hands of someone else, especially in like, of course, through my lens, it's always going to be in relation to being queer. But like, yeah. I definitely don't want to die because I am shot while well, shopping at a mall or um, stabbed for having makeup on or anything like that. It's like, no, I like, I would love to see someone try. And I would also uh, love to put them down for it. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, what's the word? Retaliation, retali- retali- retaliatory. Um, that's even a word. <laughs> Retaliatory is definitely a word. Isn't all right? Great, perfectly cromulent. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, having you, you know, describe it like that. It, it's not. I don't see. It's not that much negative a song. It, it's 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 still, you know, it is what it is. But in a very, it is what it is. Try me. Well, I'm not going to take life down like this. I'm not going to let life take me down like this. It's very interesting. I think of it like that. Yeah. And, and like, sorry, just to add on one more thing. It's yeah, like the ahead. first half definitely feels more angry, but it's also like, especially in response, knowing that it's in response to finding out that one of his good friends has cancer. Yeah. It's like in that situation, who do you be angry at? Like if, if someone calls you up and says like, Hey, I have cancer. Who are you getting upset with? Whose manager can you call to um, mm-hmm. make a difference? You know what I mean? You have to really, it takes a lot of reflection and it takes a lot of murky waters of your own emotion to swim through. Yeah. To figure out how to move forward with that kind of sentiment. It's like, you yeah, can either. No. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just going to say, I think that that's, that's probably why at the end it kind of turns around into being more hopeful in a way because there's there's only so much that that you can do to fight back in in that kind of situation you know you have to you have to just say that we're feeling lucky we're feeling fine and hope that things work out absolutely and it's like you know are you gonna waste your time being upset and like cowering into a hole at it or are you gonna make the most of the time that you do have and go make a difference somewhere Hmm. I think we can move on to the next track on the album, track five, Kiss with Spit. This song is raunchy as hell, and I love it. (laughs) BDSM enjoyers unite. (laughs) (laughs) Raunchy, definitely putting it lightly. If this whole, I I don't know if it's the dangerous specialty when I'm picking up with this, this album, no. A lot of twists and turns, and this song was not what I was expecting anywhere out of this album. At first, I was like, "Oh, it's a really raunchy love song." And I'm like, "No, it's just a masochist song, I guess." And that's the song. This is the song for y'all out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's almost like a love song to hardcore. You know, yeah. the young, numb, and dumb. I want the scar. I want split lips, and that's also talking about being there at, at shows and just being around people and things that kind of naturally happen when you're letting out your emotions. Yeah. It's the violence that keeps us alive. You know, it's a, 
I don't remember what, I don't remember what book it was where they use eating uh, after church meal to kind of describe a sex scene, right? The, the, the description of them eating is just so, so raunchy. It is just so detailed. And it's kind of the same way that you know, it's about hardcore. We're using what would be more sexual sounding lyrics as your love song to hardcore. This, the, the multitudes on Kiss with Spit. Yeah, and there is a line there too. Um, it's in the way she wears cold steak on an eye that's swollen shut. That line, if you're looking at their, <laughs> if you're looking at their website, which I often look at because Al has put in little reference links to different parts and that one right there, he's referencing a book that he wrote and the line is about his mom getting hit. So it's, it brings in a lot of di- of just different parts of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the violence that keeps us alive was the line that I had written down to. And that, uh, the song is definitely brutal. It's one of the most, to use what Natu said earlier, the most visceral response for me personally. <laughs> yeah. And this was the single off of the album. And the, crazy for that one. Yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs> the, there's a music video for it too. And the music video, I believe, is just kind of just this mass of people just writhing around the whole time, <laughs> if I recall correctly. Crazy. Absolutely wild. Out of all the songs, like this is the one we got to put out before we get the album out. But I love that. I'm looking at the music video now. yeah it's just a bunch of people in underwear writhing around (laughs) al laying on the ground getting his head stomped with a foot incredible fantastic all right the next song was album six track loose cigarettes this song is the reason why i chose this album to go over it's one of the most important songs that i've ever heard and it's just too good not to talk about it and give it that platform. Yeah, this song is like definitely one of the best dangerous songs, just period. It's just like a really, really, really impactful and like it's a choice song. It's so fucking good. It's just awesome. It has a little bit of everything that Dangerous is really good at. Like, there's a little bit of melody in it. There's a little bit of brutality in it. And there's a really interesting tool to convey really, really, like, hot-button topics. My favorite line from this song is, just like 400 years of loaded guns might somehow be undone by singing songs like they were bricks. That song is ridiculous. That line is ridiculous. A lot of... A lot of um, just to the point lines on there that are, and how they turn them like capsaicin clouds to talk about like pepper spray. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful way to turn to describe an absolutely horrible thing. Um, we're trying to breathe, but we're choking on words like pig, you know, and like uh, loose cigarettes is, I think, a perfect example of their pacing in a song to let a message think of the song. Loose cigarettes mm-hmm. is five minutes long. 
but the lyrics if you look at this like the length of the lyrics that's not what you would think looking at a song that's five minutes long right it's it's like curt you know and but they but they drag those minutes on they drag it on which hones the point even more you know the life mm-hmm. of eric gardner was dragged was dragged on for for, the, for those listening that, that don't know what the song that was talking about you know, the song was written after eric garner lost his life in the hands of NYPD. he was a 43 year old african man african-american man excuse me killed in staten island by nypd officer put in a chokehold i'm not supposed to use and when they wrestled him to the ground he repeated the words i can't breathe 11 times and they left him there for seven minutes after he lost consciousness all over these like cigarettes that they thought he was selling you know these the unmarked cigarettes that we you know, couldn't get taxed you know new york's tax the officer that killed him wasn't fired until 2019 five years afterward right so like this song like still harkens back to that to this day it's still this it was a great pro-human life like pro being alive like a human and very 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 great anti-cop anti-big song it's a uh, it hurts the song the song hurts in a way it does hurt it hurts in a way that it feels like it's supposed to yes absolutely i definitely feel like the the line where he says as if these stupid words might play some part in status clothes and sleeper holds in middle passage or tobacco roads that line hits me because it's i feel like sometimes like stupid words are all that i have <laughs> in the situation and you know this might just be a song but like i said like it it feels so important and it's not just stupid words to me i i am constantly trying to get people to listen to this song <laughs> specifically and i think that there's there's a lot of power in that <laughs> i didn't know about the website having the lyrics with like annotations and everything not i've sent it to you <laughs> i'm listen <laughs> i got a lot going on <laughs> i sent but, it i sent it to natu this week but i didn't send it to you because i thought that i sent it to you forever ago so you, i thought that you already had it you 100 percent did and i just completely <laughs> forgot and oh my god it makes it so much like so ridiculous like it's so cool it's it's unfortunate that it is cool having so many different like annotated things in this one song mm-hmm. like i feel like this one has got more link text has almost as much link text as lyrics honestly and it just shows how much al puts into his lyrics for sure yeah i will uh, say um al there are a couple of links that don't work anymore if you want to <laughs> update those oh yeah <laughs> just me being the fucking nerd that i am just constantly looking at those yeah i think one of the links goes to a a tumblr page <laughs> yeah for darkest arts yeah <laughs> Which, i love seeing that i was like oh the tumblr link and it's not there this is just <laughs> perfect 2016 yeah <laughs> but yeah i think that the 
that line that August just brought up, the as if these super words might play some part in status quos in sleeper holds and middle passenger tobacco roads. It really covers like all of the bases of what Al's trying to say in just that one line. Cause like the sleeper holds directly correlating to what happened with Eric Garner, what the song was written in direct response to, to the middle passage, which was like the passage between slave camps and freedom in Africa and then tobacco roads. And there's that book tobacco road, which uh, was about Georgia sharecroppers and slavery in America. And it's just very, uh, very interesting that it like so much can be said with just that one line. Also the black hole stuck inside my half black heavy heart is Mm -hmm. so, so difficult and so spot on for trying to communicate about that. And everything about it is just unbelievably good and super, it's super sad, but it's like the angry type of sad where you're like, you know, your face gets really red and you're like mad at yourself for crying because it's like, what are the tears going to do other than just make things worse? And if there is a God, well, she don't care at all. Definitely feel that day in and day out. (laughs) I feel like anyone who talks about God in their songs should be calling God a woman. And if they don't, then what the fuck are they doing? My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Direct at me. I get it. (laughs) I feel like if, if God exists and God was a woman, there would be more compassion. That's true. Yeah. But also I do love drama. So (laughs) we've got tons of it, you know, is can't get mad at that. Changes nothing, but sometimes it helps to pretend. Mm -hmm. But the next song is the great American songbook, which is awesome as well. I like that. It has a little bit more of a melodic focus. I really love the more melodic dangerous songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, all of that static and our lives in between all those bars and humming sour notes is a line that really, really just like blows my mind every time I see it and hear it. The song would definitely take a different life if the title was not the great American songbook, you know, I mean, the biggest thing with the song is just the title. It's like, you know, there's all these, all these great songs, all these great moments, right? All these great times and, or are they? People talk about, I ain't experiencing them. I ain't experiencing that. What are those songs are used to sing? And it really, I think it's made stronger just by the title itself. I just, I love that. I love the title. Also, this song just reminds me of Goody Mob because yeah. it, only because they have a song that says, you know, they don't dance no more. Mm-hmm. And, and it, the chorus of that song is what, People don't dance no more. All they do is this. All they do is this. All they do just six times over the chorus. For some, I don't know for some reason, all, both completely separate, completely so- separate songs that do not have the same meaning at all. But, <laughs> but that idea of no one dances anymore. You know, I, I, I just like that through line. Yeah, it feels like part of the song is like trying to do a commentary on how there used to be some sort of air of positivity to what we were trying to write and what we were trying to, you know, display 
artistically in certain ways, especially in America, I feel, you know, American songwriters, which the song, the title being the great American songbook, thinking specifically about America, you know, we used to have all of these songs that were trying to communicate about the beauty of life in America and the beauty of freedom and all of that and the kind of like more carefree styles but that's something that a lot of people in later generations never got to experience. And also it's something that people of color, especially black people never got to experience either. So it was like there were positive songs, but was there really positivity in life or in the world there? And then moving throughout history and getting to these later generations where things seem more and more bleak and more and more hopeless and the constant, you know, tundra of information where everything is whirling around us and it's all scary and it's all negative. It's like now being sad is the popular thing. No, that's a great way. I think it's good. That's definitely a great way of explaining that. I think you feel like that sometimes. I can feel like that sometimes. Where, it, it, you know, like we, we, there's a loss of just seems like a loss of innocence, or some in some ways, you know, some people, you know, color in the queer community, there was never that innocence. They didn't have the opportunity of innocence, like you said, Nat. No chance to gain it, no chance to lose it. It was just neither there. And so then, you, know, you have people coming out of that, out of that cheery world, and they're coming into this bleak world that we've kind of been inhabiting for a minute. No, they're like, y'all don't have any songs like this? I was like, well, y'all didn't let us have songs like this. Yeah, they're gatekeeping happiness. Vile. How dare they? Softer science. Song eight. The beauty of the impending ground. Just how deep we laugh the whole way down. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah, so Natu, you said earlier that the songs kind of sound like poems to you and this one specifically uh i'll post it on the dangers instagram and said that the song was inspired by a line from t.s Eliot's the love song of j alfred proofrock wow in it he says in the room the women come and go talking of michelangelo so our version suggests people come and go talking of things they'll never know just like the beauty of the impending ground and just how deep we laugh the whole way down with luck, we'll synchronize, nose-dived, and intertwined. This one definitely reads the most like a poem, for sure. I think more than like any other Danger song, honestly, that I've like taken the time to really like sit down and analyze, which there have been a few times. But I feel like this is this one definitely feels the most like a a poem. Absolutely, you know, a uh, little. Slant rhyme, I guess. Ground down. Oh. Little elements here and there. Lyrically, for sure. Sonically, definitely not. <laughs> it's not. But it, I, I, I played it back a couple of times. And I was like, you know, just thinking of going through some scenario or something with like a good friend of mine. And us coming out of it, laughing. No matter how bad it was, laughing out of it. And people, you know, some people just won't, don't know. It's a... Uh, you, know, you can say like human relations, understanding people. You, know, you can say that's a softer science. You know, kind of, it's kind of pretty. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, 
soft science, that's like what they consider like psychology, right? Is that yeah. right? So yeah. I feel like that's very much a, a thing of like general awareness of the world around you and the state of things is kind of a softer science as well. Yeah. Em- empathy, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a lesson in empathy. Yeah. All right. Then we can move on to song nine. Move on to it's the devil. I love. I'm not a huge fan of this song. I'll be honest. Oh yeah. The song is, um, it definitely brings up like complex emotions. I think this and the straight world right after it are kind of hard to deal with. It's the devil. I love the title comes from the Nico K song. Hold on, hold on. Um, but I mean, the song itself is about, uh, I don't know, rape culture. Yeah. (laughs) All their prayers on their knees won't stop men just like me from praying, male gazing, drink lacing from turning coddled lives to living hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of why it's, it's definitely my least favorite song on the record, but it's, it's because of how well it does its job. Like it's super uncomfortable for me, especially as like a, a victim of sexual violence. So it's like, it grosses me out in like a, a very negative way, like a very tangible way for me Mm -hmm. that I, uh, really am not a fan of, but that's not to say that the song is bad at all because it's a, it's a, truly like spectacular song and it definitely like does exactly what it's setting out to do so uh i think that that one is a uh, incredibly poignant incredibly truthful uh uncomfortably so yeah i mean the line where he says because it's true even men just like me raised properly respectfully have something hiding something fighting to drag us all below <laughs> and part of that feels like I mean, I guess as a man, it's fine for him to say um, it feels hard to look at men and think that that's true about all of them, because if that's the case, then that's really scary. And that's something that I have to tell myself isn't true, <laughs> I guess. So it is hard to think about. But what am I trying to say raised properly respectfully have something hiding and I think that 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 hits for me because I mean I was abused by someone who was raised properly and like what the fuck does that even mean you know yeah yeah in an interview with the AV club back in 2016 so Al said that about this song he said that he has two nieces to him the only pure things in his life and they didn't know if, if these lyrics were things they should put on the record uh but he said you know it's an honest experience starting to realize some of the behaviors i've engaged in that i wouldn't want someone to that i wouldn't want someone to treat them that way his nieces uh, and i know how many times i've been hurt but i know that probably means i've hurt other people just as much yeah i definitely echo everything else said it's this song and you know, straight world are pretty disgusting, pretty, pretty revolting. You know, very these like open songs you could say about open songs focus on confronting 
something, um, which is which is hard. And it's not easy to just go out and say like, yeah, I'm going to deal with what I went through. Right? I'm going to handle my trauma. Uh, it, it's tough stuff. But I think throughout this album and on It's the Devil I Love in a Straight World, Ow, Dangerous, try to confront, you know, another side, another aspect of life experience, DIY, punk, the genre, uh, the community. And of course, I also definitely agree with how it can, hearing men say things like, I was raised well, you know, I was raised, I was raised good, but I can still do this. It just seems so backhanded, but I can also look at this from aspect of like him saying, Maybe not he himself. Maybe it isn't himself. But also him saying that you know, this is what this is what this is what some a lot of people will say. A lot of guys would say, and unfortunately, men can men are men are pretty shitty. You know, men men can be pretty sh- men can be men can be horrible. Men are pretty shitty. Title of my memoir. <laughs> so real. It is that is a thousand percent real. You could say that. Uh, they're doing a good job depicting how dangerous the world is. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The one, two punch of this into the straight world is just a very, uh, unmerciful to your friend over here. Yeah. The, the one other thing that I want to say about it is I think that it's, it's not about just calling out men. It's about a, calling in and talking about those things in yourself and recognizing those things in yourself, because there are going to be things that you don't necessarily like about yourself that you're, that you want to change. And those things are often going to be really hard to talk about. And uh, (laughs) I mean, so me personally, I had a conversation like a two and a half hour long conversation with my abuser trying to get him to understand the fact that he had abused me and it didn't work which i don't know why i thought that it would but that's that's the thing right is that you have to be willing to look at yourself you have to be willing to admit that there are things about yourself that you don't like or things that you want to change or maybe things in your past that you regret and things that you would do differently. And it's it's hard to talk about it. Yeah, and it feels like if you're not looking at yourself and only looking externally, then it's dishonest. So there's that really uh, really jarring honesty, level of honesty to both of those songs. That's yeah. for the straight world. I wrote straight world, never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> Could never be me. <laughs> it does have a sick ass opening riff though oh yeah absolutely yes this song is a a banger for sure that whole section where it's like there's no lovers there's not even friends everybody's just a body body in the end yeah that shit hits like that's really good and then uh we're just bodies to bruise to bend to break to borrow and lend yep i wrote down that whole section (laughs) I mean, sexual freedom is also very prevalent in the queer world. So, like, those lines can go everywhere. 
so true. But like hearing the straight world right after it's the devil I love made made my skin crawl. Yep. Like for apps for sure. I was like, I was like, ooh, ooh, I do not want to live in this world. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's what reside in. It is um in that ending in the straight, 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 straight world. That's so many more straights than I could ever want. <laughs> more than anyone needs. How many is that? Six? Six whole straights? Not in my world. No, I've got room for like three. We've moved past the need for these for these straights, for the straight world. Very small and weak in a land of barbarians. Fantastic title. Just yes. immediately. It's incredible. It's from the love letters of Dylan Thomas. Yeah. So good. I love the just my black accent and me. The but black accent is him talking about his car. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh shit. What? <laughs> talking about his car, but he could also, you know, harken back like darkest arts and that. I was like, that's that's nice. And kind of like the repetition. I used to want a kid. It going from I used to want a filthy kid to I used to want a kid. Dropping the filthy, just same kid later on. You know, wanting to share some share the road with someone, selfish, desperate. You drop the filthy. You know, you drop the words. You're just like you just. I just want. I just want someone. But that's not going to happen. Uh, I like that play. That dropping of words. That intentional dropping of words. Yeah, when it, when he says it's that selfish part of me that wants to share this road with eyes a lot like mine, but with the magic left inside. When he says that selfish part of me. There's a link to an NPR article. <laughs> Should we be having kids in the age of climate change? And it's something that's probably going to be relevant for a long ass time. So that's a a conversation that I've had a lot with uh, my partner and my family. Is like uh, my partner is someone who has had a very like family centric life an experience and has really wanted for a very long time to like have a nuclear family with like children. And that's something that I have like all but sworn off where it's something that like, I truly don't want to bring. I definitely wouldn't want to bring a child into this world naturally because I, I feel lots of different ways about it. And I'm not, I don't feel that way for other people, just strictly for myself. I mm. feel like I would have an, an extreme level of guilt doing that to someone. And I feel like part of that is also very much influenced by mental health struggles, different health issues that are genetic and things like that, where it's like, I would feel guilty doing what's been done to me to someone else. And, right. uh, so that for me is like uh that song really hits home in a lot of ways for sure it also feels like violence is much more the norm that even beyond just climate change but like you know the the norm of being completely numb to the level of violence that we experience every single day where so many people are dying at the hands of the government so many people are dying at the hands of 
class. So many people are dying at the hands of police. So many people are just like dying constantly or suffering constantly that uh, it's becoming less and less of an option to become stable in the world as an adult. And it's becoming less and less of an option to uh, look at the future in a hopeful manner because the world will always be here and like earth will always be there. I just don't know if uh, we will always be there. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, shit, I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, what did we say? We didn't ask to be born earlier. And it's like, yeah, I mean, and Gen Z is for sure. They've got that attitude pinned down. I mean, obviously, I have a kid and he's 13. And I still feel like if I were to have another kid at this point, they would be generationally in a much different place from each other. I mean, one of them would have lived through a pandemic, which is wild to think about. So, I mean, my first child obviously wasn't planned since I was 15. <laughs> I'm, I would never say that I regret having Jude because he's the light of my life. But I, you know, feel guilty in certain ways, um, especially when it comes to things that I might have passed on to him, you know, whether it's bad habits or mental illnesses and things like that. And I think, you know, if it's possible to adopt or something, it's definitely a better option. And there are already so many kids that, you know, that need that. And so it's hard to, to act like having a kid with eyes a lot like mine is somehow more important, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I do like how the song ends saying you're not alone. Kind of like the earth is speaking to you in a way. <laughs> not alone. Earth is always there for you in some shape, in some shape or form. You know, in some shape or form. Even if it's just with some dirt to close you in. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Great transition to the next song, I think. <laughs> in sharp decline. <laughs> This is just an instrumental track, but I really love it. It's it's one that I, I don't skip when it comes on, which is rare for me. When it comes to instrumentals, I normally want something that I can sing along to, but this one just hits. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah, I love instrumental. I think yeah, it's it's really grew kind of groovy. You know, it's a it's body swing. It to me, if this was the intro of the album, it would fit. And even if it's like it was the last song of the album, it would also fit. But I like where they placed it right before the last song, because how it ends, you know, just right as you get into this into the song, it just pulls the rug out from under your feet. <laughs> right as you get into it, and then last song hits, and you're just completely caught unaware. But you know, really the instrumental is just getting you ready for one for one final jam. One final jam. Absolutely. The real calm before the storm. Yep. So the final song to Finn with our regrets. This one is definitely about climate change. I think even more so than very small and weak in the land of barbarians. Yeah, really to the point on that, you know, we're, we're dancing on graves days with the sun melt the skin right from our face. We're dancing straight to hell. 
We're singing the songs that belong in a minor like scale. scale. So good. Yes. Oh, I like when they bring it back later on. The we're singing the songs that belong to regretful keys and minor scales. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember the rain. Yeah. I remember the smell of dirt. Yeah. And we danced all night under acid rain. The repetition really hits it home. Like this song, the repetition on um, on the cigarettes, softer science, you know, twisting, removing one word, changing the meaning of the sentence, like I'm very small and weak. And they do it so well on to fit in the regrets. It's like, Sorry, Finn. We we did all this. Regret might not get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite lines. Days it seemed we were a bit more free to kiss the spit, to kiss goodbye what remained of bees. And the edge between our winter and spring didn't always slip right by so seamlessly. Yeah. It's a it's definitely a powerful parting gift for the record. It feels like it really uh encapsulates a lot of the energy of the record and it's interesting looking at this like big wall of text for the lyrics and being like but this is still shorter than loose cigarettes yes that is um lennon is here we're going to see the men singers later oh awesome um all right so let's let's wrap it up then cool yeah the dangerous been the break Lots to talk about liminal space is the in-between, angry, provocative, lots of confrontation, a lot of it, a lot of space filled up in short songs, a lot of, a lot of long songs that feel short on there. It's, it's a great album. Yeah, I guess a last question for you, Nat. What do you think makes Danger so special? I feel like everything. I think... Um, writing and structuring songs the way that they do it's like they really maxed out their stats on impact um yeah it's also like they're so familiar with songs of old and pull from so many different influences and listen to so much different music than just like they aren't a hardcore band that's only listening to hardcore music or like proto hardcore or anything like that it's like no these are people who have very diverse and varied interests and pull from all of it to get to the formula where they are and i also think that alfred's commentary and his ability to write is a uh, sets them apart from so many other bands they're just like a league above and i i assume they're probably pretty awesome live too but i wouldn't know <laughs> yeah they definitely are what about you how do you what do you think makes dangerous special i think it's al uh, i think <laughs> i think um just the way that he's able to capture so many different emotions with his voice and with his lyrics i think it's really special yeah their lyrics definitely people's that definitely set them apart from other bands in the contemporaries these lyrics are definitely something special something important all right so what are we all listening to right now i am personally listening to the new single from reverend Kristen michael hater uh, all of my friends are going to hell formerly known as lingua ignota 
Um, she announced a new record today comprising of a uh, gospel songs. I think that's really awesome. I've also been listening to a lot of citizen and I've been listening to a whole lot of the new Genesis Owusu record struggler. Love Genesis. Me too. I'm a huge fan. I've been listening since like 2015. Wow. And like, I, I love his music so fucking much. And I was supposed to see him when he did his first U S tour a few years ago, right after uh, smiling note with no teeth came out and I had tickets and then my band got booked for a show the same night. And I was like, man, this really sucks. <laughs> but then I got to see him open for uh, Paramore earlier this year. Oh, man. And then we're going to be on tour when he's doing his headliner in the U.S. this fall. So I won't get to see him again. <laughs> Just the bare misses. Oh, yeah. And then um, other than that, I've been listening to Irreversible Entanglements and Phoenix. A whole lot of Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Nati, do you have anything? Yeah, for me, Vance, I'm listening to Baroness. Heavy metal band from Georgia. They've been dropping some singles recently. I've seen from their next upcoming album, and they're just fantastic. You know, these awesome anthemic metal songs. Lyrics, their songwriting, their lyrics are daunting, you know, grand. And their sound is grand. You know, I just love listening to them. I didn't catch my fest. When they came for Fest 19, my friends went. I didn't catch them. I didn't like really listen to them. I was listening, was catching some other bands. But they showed me their songs after, and I was like, I really <laughs> missed out. I listened to them. Simple Minded Symphony. I haven't, we'll be listening to their self-titled album uh, that just dropped today. Uh, they're an awesome, you know, groovy ska band from Seattle. Can't, can't get enough of them. And... Left of West, they're from Houston. Uh, they have only a few songs out, but they have one song that's just been on repeat for me this whole time called um, Bush and Blue Jeans. And it's an awesome emo, all rock uh, track that I think that just needs more attention. That's what, that's what I got on my plate. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. You can find us on Facebook and Patreon at Best Friends Forever. We're on Instagram at Best Friends Forever Pod. And if you want to reach out old school, you can send an email to bestfriendsforeverpod at gmail.com. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much.